0: we're back with another exciting episode of A Couple of Crazies with the help of our dishwasher in the background, so if you hear a little bit of a squealing, it's the dishwasher.
1: <laughs> Some dramatic aquatic background noises to accompany the episode. All right, it has been a minute since we spoke, Ad, last time it was all about Cameron. What do we have to talk about today?
0: We have a lot to talk about, although it might be a little bit of a short episode, Um the first thing we have to mention is is the news with Michael Saverino and Paolo Bancaro. And what do you think about the whole situation?
1: Oh, well, I mean, this was like breaking, I feel, minutes after we, we released our last episode. So this was a lot. Because I wake up first in this household, it was like a waterfall of bad news. I woke up, texted the article to my dad and to Adam, and then as everyone woke up and read the article, it was like... This is not good. So the situation, as I understand it, I am, you know, not up on every single fact, is that Savarino, who's 20, was pulled over for a suspected um, stop sign violation or something like that, like rolling through a stop sign, and it turned out that he'd been drinking and he was at .08, which is the legal limit um, in the state of North Carolina. However, he's 20 and underage, so that doesn't even really matter. He was driving Ben car. Ben was in the back seat. Severino was arrested and charged with a DWI on the scene, ironically, while we were in Durham on that Saturday night turned Sunday morning. Um, and Ben was released, um, but I guess subsequently charged with aiding and abetting a DWI, but he was released at the scene. It's super messy. The first thing I said to Adam and to my dad was like, in my heart of hearts, I think that Saverino is going to be made an example of here, and I think Caro is going to be fine. Whole variety of reasons why I think that that's the case. And it's not just, it's an oversimplification to say, like, well, he's a star, so he's going to get off easy. I think it's super different to be in the backseat, a passenger of someone who's done something stu- stupid, incredibly stupid and dangerous. There are a million different flavors to what could have happened. Did Saverino think he was fine? And it's just, he's underage. He can't drink and drive. Is it that he thought he was helping Ben Caro to get him home? Is that why he's driving his car? Who knows? They have court dates in a couple of weeks. I want to say that Severino's is the eighth and Ben Caro's is the ninth, so we shall soon see. However, as I predicted, we ain't seen Severino since. So, to my understanding, he's alive and well somewhere on the face of this planet. But I mean, he's Coach K's grandson. It's Coach K's last season. His mother is the assistant athletic director at Duke. Like. Oh, it gives me hives thinking about what that morning news cycle must have been like in the Shashevsky household. What do you think, Ad?
0: Yeah, I mean, you did a great job of explaining the situation. I think it was an idiotic decision. How can you do that? There are situ- things like Uber and Lyft that you could have do uh, yep. in those situations, but they decided to uh, drive while intoxicated, which is, of course, not Okay. Um, anyway, it still remains to be seen what's going to happen with Savarino. Like you said, we haven't seen him in the three games since.
1: Like not a peep. Like but, it's possible he's in the bottom of a pit somewhere because he has shamed the Shashevsky family, which is possible.
0: But Paolo Bancaro played that night against Gardner-Webb. So, uh, and you know, he had an interesting first two games back against Gardner-Webb and Lafayette, probably his two, I would say worst games of the season, even though they weren't so bad. Um, Definitely in his mind, I would say, but he definitely turned it around against the Citadel, which we'll talk about shortly.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in the uh, Gardner-Webb post-game press conference, Coach K was, of course, asked about the decision um, just for any comment on the situation. Um, High level, he had basically just said, um, we're dealing with a situation with a violation of our um, code of conduct with our standards on the men's basketball program. And then after the game, he basically just said, headlines can be misleading. The two situations with these two players are quite different, and so they're being handled differently. He didn't name any names for Ben Carroll or for Saverino, but obviously Saverino's situation is being treated differently, which again, I wasn't there. I don't know the facts. And until their court date, I think they're going to be super limited, the university and the individual players, in terms of what they can say. I know Ben Carroll was asked, what was it, after the Citadel game, um, what his thoughts were, if he had regrets, things like that. And, Ed, you didn't love some of the things he had to say. Um, I don't know if you want to comment on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't love when they said, do you have any regrets? He said no. I mean, pretty easy to regret just not getting well, an What did what did,
1: I, what did I say to you about this? And, look, I there mean, is no excuse. Hold on. There's, it's dangerous and reckless, and you endanger other people if you drink And drive, whether you think you're fine, especially if you're underage, that's just illegal. It doesn't matter if you had one beer and you thought you're fine, whatever. Not okay. However, I think that it is possible. These are they are young, and I think it's easy for us to treat them like adults. It doesn't make it less dangerous, it doesn't make it less stupid. Number one, there's an active investigation, so they can't comment. He's not gonna say, I was wrong, I did something idiotic. Well, he could say I can't comment on the
0: situation. That's what he should have said. He should have said well, that.
1: Well, that's fair. That's fair. So he shouldn't have commented. I, the question I took it was more geared at like, has this been a distraction? How has this affected you? And it was more like, yes, it was on my mind a bit in the back of, the, of my mind. But as a team, we've moved on. I think he said like we've moved on, and I know you didn't. He said like, I haven't even it. addressed
0: the team about it. We all knew what the situation was. I mean, right. and
1: I don't know that that has to be like flippant. I think that it could be like we ma- all I'm not know what you're happened.
0: Being mad at him, I'm just saying.
1: I think you're a little mad at him. I'm
0: not <laughs> mad at him. I'm just saying that. You should address the team about the situation. Obviously, you did something stupid. And even if you don't want to come out to the public and tell anyone that you did something stupid and regret it, then you should tell them. And otherwise, if you're not prepared to say that it was the wrong decision, then don't say anything about it.
1: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I think that for an 18-year-old, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if he's like, no comment, I have nothing to say. Is it like a suggestion of wrongdoing? I, I don't know. He's in. He's in a tough spot. I'm sure they're getting a ton of coaching on how to handle this. But... Let's see what happens in, what is it, two weeks after these court dates because the truth is going to come out, whatever it was that happened. And I don't feel great about Severino's chances of of returning to this team. Just it's because he's Coach K's grandson, I feel like the only way to make it very clear that there's no favoritism is to come down on him really hard. I, I think that he'll in some ways be worse off than another player would to prove that there's no benefit of being Coach K's grandson if you do something wrong.
0: I agree. I think that's probably the case.
1: All right. That's that. Drama, drama, drama in a very un-Duke-like way. This is like not the Duke Emma, which is part of what Coach K meant in terms of kind of violation of the standards. They're they're strict on this stuff. So, all right. Talk me through the past. We have three games since we last spoke. Gardner-Webb, Lafayette, and the Citadel. Talk to me
0: yeah, so we're gonna keep it high level this week. Um, we're not gonna do a deep dive into each games. um but what I will say is is some of the things that we're noticing is is a j. Griffin's starting to finally play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He had a really, really phenomenal game against Lafayette. He had eighteen points, hit four threes. You really got to see some of his uh you know better qualities as a basketball player, so that was great to see. I want to see more of that. I've also been impressed with limited minutes um, by Bates Jones. Uh, I really like the way he plays. He's like, kind of like a quarterback on the on the court. You know, hmm. ironically, his brother's a quarterback uh, for the New York Football Giants. Um, so impressed by him when he gets in the game. For the most part, he definitely seems like, uh, you know, he could be a good role player. He's knows what he's doing. He's not just a bench player that like gets in with two minutes left, I think he can actually help the team be better in certain matchups.
1: I agree. And, I mean, he came from Davidson, good basketball school, and he's mature, and I, I think that they need that. It's a more mature group than you would expect when, like, the highlight reel is kind of all freshmen, um, but it's really good to have that balance.
0: Yeah. Um, more, more great play by Trevor Keels has been really awesome this year.
1: He's just a beast. Like, I, I don't know – how there wasn't more hype coming into the season, he's just a beast. I'm so impressed so far.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I have to say, Wendell Moore has been honestly amazing this year, um, averaging 17 and a half points a game and five and a half assists per game. And a big issue for him in the past couple of years has been turnovers. He's only he's averaging less than two turnovers a game this season. So just a completely different player than we've seen in the past from him. I don't know if I was so hard on him in the past because I had high expectations, but he's finally living up to those expectations this year. And, you know, I'm happy about it. So that's good.
1: I totally agree. We were a little worried for all of five seconds because he changed up his hair post-dominant performances in Gardner-Webb and Lafayette pre the Citadel. And you never know. Could that throw someone off balance literally or figuratively? But fortunately, it did not. So, Ad, talk to me about the Citadel, which – First of all, just to even interrupt myself, I have to say the fact that it's the Citadel as the, the name of a school—I like—it's not rolling off the tongue for me. I'm struggling. I'm confused. I feel like it's somewhat rare to have to fact myself, fact check myself. Like, how many thes are there in school names? Rattled to my core. Well, some uh, people will say some oh, people what?
0: will say the Ohio State University.
1: Okay, well, that's just like morally wrong. I, I can't even begin that's to unpack what that one. Say. Okay, well they're. We're playing Ohio State next week, so I'll emotionally steal myself for that. However, another just crime that we have to call out is that the Citadel's, I can't even say it, the Citadel's colors are powder blue and white, which is like wrong in its core. It's fundamentally wrong. It's the color of UNC. It's the color of Tar Heels. It's the color of Roy. Even though he's gone, I just can't even with the powder blue. All that said, talk to me about the game.
0: Well, about 60 seconds into the game, the Citadel's coach actually collapsed on the sideline, Duke or Balcom. Um still not so much news about the situation. He stayed overnight at Duke's Hospital. I think he's been transferred to a different hospital, but
1: Yeah, they'd know. said he was expected to travel home with the team the next day, and I know that that didn't end up happening. Haven't stayed super close to it since to so know if he has since traveled back. I believe South Carolina is where they're based. Um But hopefully, all is well there, and we are uh, wishing him all the best.
0: Yeah. um, Interesting situation. Obviously, we want to keep an eye on it, wishing him the best. Uh, Scary situation, but, you know, hopefully he got medical attention very quickly, and he'll be okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, another thing that I think we have to comment on, I can throw all the shade I want to throw at the Citadel. Name, color, scheme fact that we ultimately crushed them, all the things. But their three-point shooting is like, are they the best three-point shooting team in the nation? What was the stat add? Something like they're like, the I don't last, know, like the I best of all time, something o- absurd. Over
0: the last six seasons, there is not a college basketball team that has hit more three-pointers than the Citadel in all the country.
1: Isn't that completely remarkable on the whole list of schools that that statement could apply to? My mind was blown. Um, it was... A quick start to the game um, with three-point shooting. I mean, the Citadel just— For Duke. Well, yes, but compared to the Citadel, it still felt like tragique. But our three-point shooting was starting to um, come together. There was a great start to the second half. um, And add one of your biggest pain points with Duke basketball. What were they doing well?
0: For the first time in five years of watching Duke, I was impressed by their free throw shooting. They were 27 of 29 from the line. Now, when you actually think about that for a second, they you know they won handily over the Citadel. But it would have been a closer game if they didn't hit those free throws. I mean, they won by 26 points. Um, but there have been games where you know they hit half their free throws. Yeah. And if they hit half their free throws in this situation. You know, it could have been fifteen points less, and uh, at the very least, some some gambling uh, people would be losing money because they wouldn't have covered the spread. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's really encouraging. Uh, Bankero has been awesome this year from free throws for, especially for a freshman, eighty five point seven percent. Joey Baker's at ninety three percent. You know, the rest of the team has some work to do, but compared to prior seasons um you know definitely on the right track and i know it seems like a minor part of the game but like this is win or lose type stuff if you look at back at the last let's forget about last year but the every other year when duke gets eliminated in the tournament since i've been watching they could have won all of those games if they shot better free throws
1: um, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I think that that's really like a basketball 101. That's a fundamentals thing, which I think can sometimes suffer when you have these like superstar freshmen who are young and can sometimes be focused on the flashy plays and crazy dunks, crazy alley-oops, all the things that, you know, are ESPN highlights, which of course I would want to if I had any basketball skill and a bone in my body. But I think that the fundamentals can really be what ultimately wins games. So that is just super important. So pleased with what we're seeing. We are off to a six and zero start. Is that a true story? And we have a very serious week up ahead. So Duke was at home for what five in a row? They played Kentucky in New York at, at Madison Square Garden, and then the subsequent yeah. five, five were at games home. In Ten days at home. And now they hit the road. So Duke. Up next, against Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, on Friday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, um, for your post-Thanksgiving leftovers meal. Um, And talk to me about how they're doing. We have quiet confidence and yet are are remaining uh, realistic because Gonzaga's looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, Gonzaga's legit. They uh, took down number two uh, UCLA last night by 20 points, Uh, so that was definitely a statement win that they had. They have um, two really solid players, including the number one uh, recruit from this past year, Chet Holmgren. Um, you know, it's going to be a really, really tough game. I wish I was going to be there, um, but we'll have to just watch it uh, late on Friday. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm confident in our team, too. So let's see what they can do. Yeah. It's the first big-time game, I mean, besides the Kentucky game. But this is this is potentially their toughest um game of the season until hopefully a championship game
1: yeah i mean this this is is serious but it also makes me all the more grateful that they played the game at madison square garden that they played because that was on the road third party territory packed stadium crazy fans for the opposing team all the things like that's going to be super important against this gonzaga team so Obviously, there is no place like Cameron, but I'm just glad that they've had that experience already of like the packed arena in a neutral um, stadium. So we will see what Duke can do. And then next week, they're on to Ohio State, which I think is the uh, Big Ten ACC challenge this year. Um, and that is next Tuesday night. So we will see what Duke can do. Big couple of games, big week. So we will see. But I believe Duke is already on the ground in Vegas. They are getting into the swing of things. Lots of good footage coming out of the locker room, out of their shoot-arounds and practice. So let's see uh, what they can do.
0: Yeah, and that Ohio State game is their first true like road game at an opponent's school. So they're going to be playing in Ohio.
1: It will be interesting. Which I am totally not calling the Ohio State University, even if you pay me to. So on that note, with my thoughts and feelings about schools that start with the, uh, the, you got anything else for us, Add?
0: I don't think so. Let's uh, think good thoughts, and we'll report back after the Gonzaga game. Everybody, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe, and uh, we will see you soon. This has been a couple of crazies.